Welcome to the HR Tech 24-7 podcast, the home of HR and payroll technology news. Listen as we chat to industry leaders about the topics that are facing HR and payroll companies today and discover more about the world of HR technology. Hi, and welcome to another Coffee in 50 with myself, Bob Rehill, founder and chief innovator here at HR Tech 24-7. Looking forward to today's conversation with Vincent Cruz from Neptune Software, where we'll be talking about the user experience and digitizing and humanizing technology to support today's world. Let's go and have a chat. Hi, Vincent. Great to connect. How have you been keeping? Hi, Bob. Um, no, I've been keeping really well. Thanks very much for having me. Fantastic. Well, look, I'm looking looking forward to today's conversation where we were talking about employee experience and, and all that comes around it. But before we go into it, those listening into this webinar and those that might be listening to the podcast, do you want to do a quick intro, Vincent, who you are and, and, and what you do? Yes, thanks very much. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Vincent Cruiser. I'm the Country Managing Director for Neptune Software across the UK and Ireland. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Neptune Software is a rapid application development or no-code, low-code, pro-code development platform. Fantastic. Sounds really exciting, Vincent. And when you explain it to me and we, and we have these conversations, I love what you guys do. Um, but listen, look, we, we, we're going to talk today a little bit about how organizations that are moving to the new world of digital, right? Everyone's talking about digital transformation, moving to the cloud, thinking about digital systems and, and moving that way. But there's, there's organizations that don't necessarily understand how to do that correctly, right? And rightly or wrongly, they they go into this thinking, I'm going to take some of my paper processes and, and, and digitize them. But what sort of things are you seeing, Vincent, that organizations, when they're going on this journey, aren't necessarily thinking about? And what should they be doing? If I look at a couple of conversations we've been having, you know, they tend to revolve around around three specific areas you know the one is around enterprise applications so really how can we bring applications in you know back into the enterprise and it's not necessarily apps on your phone but i mean even sap can be considered an application yeah and you know you know and then in line with that how do we take it to mobile so really embracing mobile and trying to get the get the major benefit out of it using native device features and um, looking at offline access and then the final one is really looking at legacy modernization. And as we see, you know, the drive towards S4, a lot of customers are still on ECC or still on other non-SAP systems, and they really want to start sweating the asset. And how can they do that and really use that as much as possible without having to do the initial capital outlay of S4 and really just, you know, innovate at their own pace? And, and so if you're talking to customers that are looking at this and have this challenge on their plate, what sort of things are you advising them on or telling them to look at or what process or route do they need to be going through to maximize this, Vincent? I like to bring it back to innovation and because yeah. um, I think a lot of people just look at transformation and when they look at the topic of transformation, they just think SAP S4, that's where we've got to go and that's going to transform the business. That's not always the case. But if we look at it from an innovation perspective and really bring it back to design-led innovation, or even looking at innovation from, from its core base around desirability, feasibility, and viability, really bringing it down to those components. And then we, um, because then we start looking at solutions that add value to the users, as opposed to just lumping in a big ERP system that potentially doesn't deliver the value that you expect it to deliver. 
And how do how do organisations start to think about what value they can get? Because obviously a lot of organisations don't know what they don't know, right? And and they'll just they'll go in and they'll think this is what we 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 know, and and therefore that's where we'll end up. How do organisations start to really bring, you know, the art of the possible to the table? Because I think that's always missing, isn't it? Yeah, I like to bring it back to design thinking. And okay. if you look at design thinking, it always starts with user research and really understanding the user, the people you're working with, and that could be employees, it could be customers, it could be suppliers, but really spending time with them to understand how they're working today and what can be done to add additional value to their tasks. And from that, you know, you know work through um, um, people, purpose, and design until you get to a prototype and a live solution that the users can start using. And what sort of, you know, and I like that sort of, and those listening in might think, well, actually, this sounds really exciting, but give me some more depth to this as well, Vincent. So give an example of um, processes or the, the the process of getting to that point. So how do people really, you know, is that a workshop? Is that getting into detail? Is that bringing in people from different walks of life? What, you know, what what would you say to customers that are listening and say, go out, get this group together. This is how you do it. This is how you think about, you know, keeping the user in mind, right? Yeah. I mean, we all have ideas as to how people work or how people should be working. And um, I think back to a project that I was on many years back um, for, for an aviation company. And we were asked to design a solution to help um, the teams on the apron who refuel airplanes. And in the back of my mind, I'm just, you know, all I'm thinking of is Heathrow and other large air, and other large airfields where, you know, there are lights and there are big fuel trucks and everyone can just come along with the truck, click in the hose and the, and, and, and the plane is filled. I mean, the plane is full. So really, what is the problem? But the reality was when we actually went out to the airfields, the vast majority of the airfields were these, you know, smaller airfields and some of them on farms. They have fuel tankers there but they're refueling planes at two o'clock in the morning when there are no lights. They're refueling planes in the pouring rain where, um, you know, you know and, then, and then that starts bringing all the additional nuances where a lot of the fuel hoses didn't have an auto stop, like what you would expect, you know, what, what you would experience when you refuel your own vehicle. Yeah. So you are, so you need a torch to shine down the fuel hole with the fuel hose in the hole as well, trying to fill it up and stop before the, before the fuel um, um, gets to the top of the tank. And you can only, uncover that sort of information when you spend time with the users looking over their shoulders you know really understanding what it is they do empathizing with that user and kind of you know spending time in their shoes and and you're right and and it comes back to many projects that we get involved with as well vincent and i think a lot of people you know and and you know with all respect to our hr colleagues and our cios and it colleagues that might be listening to this we sometimes spend a lot of time inward thinking that we know what's best for our employees but I, and actually don't take the time and only get them involved at testing to say, will it work? As opposed to actually, let's go out there and understand what challenges they've got today, what environments they're working in that cause some of the challenges, like no no, no lights to refuel the tankers, for example, um, and their ability to use either mobile or computer systems, et cetera, to do the things that we want them to do for HR processes. And I think you're right. That's That's typically one of the biggest mistakes, not engaging with the end user right up front and therefore designing something that works for them not as opposed to thinking about uh, about that you know later in the stage so you know we talk uh, one of the other things i think a lot of organizations go is 
you know, well, we know what we're doing, right? Because we've got processes today. We just want to bring them into the computerize them and systemize them. You know, take that same piece of paper, but actually just put the. Are you seeing a lot of that where people just take a piece of paper and try and just put it in the computer now? Yeah, no, exactly. And 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 um, your example there kind of makes me think back to timesheets in the old days. And uh, the very first job, well, not the first job, one of the first jobs I had um, sort of involved clocking cards. You know, and it was a case of just taking that clocking card, clocking in, clocking out at the end of the day. And a lot of timesheet applications today have just digitized that form. Yeah, you're right. They haven't really kind of taken it that step further and really taken advantage of technology. But all they've done is just taken a done form and digitized it. And if we spend time going through the design thinking process, if we look at the technology we have, if we spend time with the human and start humanizing that technology, we can deliver a much better experience. And you know, everybody has a mobile device today. And that mobile device has all of the information and all of the technology you need to transform the way that you, you know, do something as simple as submitting a timesheet. So you've yeah. taken a photograph of a receipt. Um, your phone knows where you are through GPS tracking. Um, it has access to your diary, so it knows which customers you're seeing at what times. And ultimately, with all that information, at the end of the week, you should just receive a notification that says, "This week, you know, we can see that from your activity, this is what your timesheet should be. Um, approve or make adjustments." And you hit approve. No need to go in and submit you know two hours at this customer six hours at that customer uploading a receipt all the data is on your phone it should be far simpler than just digitizing an old paper form and it is quite interesting you know i see many timesheet systems like you do vincent when you're right all we've done is we've still got a start time and end time number of hours and an allocation and you're right we just digitized a piece of paper but actually there are some organizations and, and let's let's you know also recognize that that are thinking about you know, location items, you can't clock in without that location. It is using the phone um, from a from a sat nav perspective as well. So th there are some organizations moving there, but actually we do, we probably need to move quite a bit more. I know, I know we talk about the digital world moving at pace, but actually there's so many other things we should be thinking about. Actually, is time sheeting the right thing of collecting time in and time out, or is there a different way of doing it all completely? So, so love that thinking. So, so organisations that are today sitting there thinking about, I'm about to embark on a, you know, we've got to change the way we work. Um, you know, and I'm conscious we've, we've only got a couple of minutes left of our our 15 that we have, we we want to do, Vincent. But if if you were advising a client today, um, starting to think about their journey in in transforming, what would you say? Go go and start doing. I'd like to bring it back to basics. You know, you know, doing doing full ERP transformation is is the big picture, and that's you know, and that could be the ultimate goal. And you have potentially been sold a lot of you know value at the end of that three year or five year journey. But if we really bring it back to basics and and kind of lead with innovation, there is a lot of value that can be realized upfront, and you can deliver value across the entire process of that implementation. So. You know, once again, spending time with the users, spending time with the business, understanding really what it is um, that, that, that creates the pain points in the business and working together with them to solve those pain points as opposed to just, you know, you know getting an enormous ERP system, dropping it in and hoping that it's going to solve your problems. Where in many no, cases, right? no, I like that idea. And I think, again, you know, you know, we know what it's like when these large ERP uh, solutions come in and say, we're going to change the world. We know what's right for you. And absolutely... They've built some great technology to support 
80-90%, but it's quite common. It's not taking every nuances into consideration. So I think the advice you're giving, Vincent, and we, we would give the same as well, is take a, take a bit of time up front, do the innovation workshops, you know, work with your end users, understand their pain points, really you know, articulate what you're trying to achieve and what problems you're trying to resolve. And then when you're in the RP solution, uh, design workshops, thinking about, am I ticking those off, right? Am I really making making those happen? Yeah. Vincent, you know, always a pleasure talking to you. I mean, I don't know what else you would, you know, any other snippets you want to give in the last sort of 10, 20 seconds uh, about, you know, things that you're, you're seeing in, in the marketplace as well? Um, yeah, I mean, we still see a lot of businesses operating on paper right? and, it, and <laughs> it, is, it is just working with those businesses to try and remove those paper processes and, um, and paper paper doesn't back itself up and <laughs> so um really I find, I find a lot of the work we're doing today is spending time with businesses removing those paper processes from the organizations and really trying to unlock value that 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 companies never knew existed within their organizations yeah yeah no, that makes sense well listen vincent i mean first of all thank you again for the time you've taken today i think the message to our listeners is you know, innovation is key. Um, take the time up front and think about what you're trying to achieve with this, not just replacing a system and automating paper processes or taking an old system and just making it new with a new shinier box. It is an opportunity to really innovate. And um, I think what Vincent's talking about there is really bring in the end users and understand their pain points. Vincent, Great to talk to you. Thank you again also for being supporters of what we do at HR Tech 24-7. I know that you're, you've been supporting us for, for the last year or so on that. Um, anyone wanted to find out more information about what you do? I think you've got a stand. Um, there's some great information on that stand. Reach out to Vincent. I'm sure you'll be open to conversations with anyone that just wants to hear a bit more about innovating. Um, <laughs> we'll make sure we put your contact details at the end of this video. But that leaves me to say thank you, Vincent, for your time. Short conversation. Always a pleasure. Um, and wish you all the best for the future. Thanks, Bob. Thanks very much for having us. And um, yeah, thank you very much for hosting us on your platform. All right. Take care. Speak to you soon. Peace Thanks. Now. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by HR Tech 24-7. For more information, please visit hrtech247.com. Want to feature in a future episode of the HR Tech 24-7 podcast? Click on the link in the bio to find out how you can get involved.